I'm Zach. And I'm Michelle. And you're listening to a Couple Games Gaming Podcast. This episode, we have several things that we're talking about. We are going to give you guys a little preview into a new game that has just been released on Kickstarter. We got an interview later on this episode that talks about that. And then we're also just going to share our usual gaming updates, the play-by-play. We're going to start things off like we normally do and just talk about life, what's been going on. And we just got back from an awesome trip to Disneyland. Yes, we took our boys and also my mom and my mother-in-law joined us too. And we, we made it a fast trip. Like it wasn't long. It was like three nights, four days because we got there pretty early on the first day. And it was just the right amount for the ages that, you know, we, we have. So we had never been to Disneyland. This was our first time. So what did you think? I loved it. And we've, like you said, we've never been to Disneyland. We've been to Disney World. I tell people like one and a half times because we went for a honeymoon and then. Did like a mini did like a mini, but we really were only at like one park. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah, but this was awesome. We, it was cool because the we stayed kind of off location, but it was just across the street from the parks, and there's only two parks. There's Disneyland and California Adventure, and all the Star Wars stuff at Disneyland was super cool. All the Avengers stuff at the California Adventure was awesome. You know, and all the Disney stuff is cool, too. But it was really neat to go see all the Avengers and Star Wars stuff. And me and Easton got to nerd out on that. So, Yes, the superhero stuff was very, very, very cool. And that was Easton's favorite. And I had never, obviously, been to see all the superheroes before. I grew up going to Disney World. So it was all about the princesses. And just in general, there aren't as many options for like anything Marvel at Disney World. So I feel like if, if you know you're like your kids or you are really into the superhero Marvel world, then Disneyland might be the the better choice. Yeah, it was really cool. Not to mention just being able to walk everywhere. Never having to get on a bus. Um, I know that can be like the biggest headache is having to like bus from place to place um, at Disney World, which I mean, I don't mind, but it's a lot harder when you're trying to do that with two kids and a stroller and just all the things that young kids require. Um, We knew that that would probably be too much for us to take on. Um, And we just wanted to see the other, the other Disney. That's kind of how it is. Because I've, I, used to go to Disney World every summer for like sports competitions so I know Disney World inside and out and so it was cool to go to Disneyland see the differences and stuff yeah yeah and who knows now I might just have to become a Disney planner on the side I've been saying it for years folks little just I don't know side side gig yeah 
You're always planning trips. Why not I make really, some money? I really am. I'm looking into it. It's a possibility. Yeah. What else have we been doing besides traveling with our young ones? Uh, I don't know. Playing games as we can. It's kind yeah. of been slow. What games have we been playing? Or uh, which ones do you want to talk about first, I should say? Welcome to the Moon stands out because this new map, which if y'all been keeping up with us, Welcome to the Moon is is kind of like a legacy version of the Welcome to games. Uh, because you play on different maps. And so we played on this new map for the first time. And holy moly, it was like blowing my mind. It was it was crazy. Like it wasn't just put numbers in order consecutively like the welcome to traditionally is. <clears throat> it was it was like pods all over the place and it was it was a pandemic, ironically. And they were Something was happening where your pods would like overflow into other pods, so you'd have to mark off more numbers than you wanted to. Really screwed everything up, like really quickly. Unless you figured out a way to block them with like the fence mechanism. I didn't know what I was doing the whole time, and I was like, this is not going well, this is terrible. But then somehow I won. And I was like, yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, it was the the outbreak map, and I'm um, just like you said, there's there are these active viruses. You have to circle one virus to make it active at the beginning of the game. And then after you write a number and do whatever's associated with that number for the certain round, like a normal Welcome To game, you write the number. After that, all active viruses, I think they say, propagate. And so they all spread. And so any active virus that isn't isolated is going to go to the next circle over the next circle over and then once all your little pods that michelle mentioned are filled up that pod will score for however many numbers you had multiplied by how much was it the energy was it the numbers times the energy um that sounds right yeah so that was it was neat um you're also trying to you know the pools instead of uh i guess they were like water supply and plant supply, things like that. But it was a really cool map. I it's definitely interesting how they're they take the welcome to DNA and just twist it into all these different maps. That have a wide variety. Yeah. I mean we've been in literally in space, we've been on the moon, we've been like mining under ground on the moon was mm-hmm. one map. And this one is and we built like a like a dome. Mm-hmm. Is this one like you've colonized it and mm-hmm. now everyone's sick? Yeah, you've colonized it and then someone gets sick and then there's like a Gosh. outbreak. Hmm. And so you're trying to evacuate. I think that's what you're trying to do is you're evacuating the pods and isolating them like you said. Did they come out with this map in 2020? I don't know. Or 2021. It came out... After 2020, I want to say. Mm, they totally used. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's stuff like the game Pandemic has like, you know, quarantining and stuff in it. So it's not. I know. I just, it's, yeah. Yeah, but it is interesting. I think we have two maps left. Could be wrong. But yeah. 
two maps. Sounds right. But we also got to revisit Quadropolis. We played on the advanced side. If you hadn't heard us talk about it before, Quadropolis is a city-building game. It's really neat because it has two sides to it. It has a classic side and an expert side. We've been playing the classic side just to kind of get a feel for the game. It's a little more family weight where you're drafting these building tiles to go into your city and they score differently depending on what they're next to and stuff. It has a cool drafting thing where you draft by placing a worker that tells you how many spaces into a row it can go, but then you're blocking off that air that spot for your opponents. The expert is neat because instead of each having your own pool of workers, you're sharing a pool of workers. And so normally you could only you had a one worker, a two worker, a three worker, so on. In this, you could you could have multiple two workers if you're quick enough to draft them, if that's what you want. So what do you think about the advanced variant of Quadropolis? Um, I, I thought it was good. I thought it added the extra, like you said, fifth quadrant. Mm-hmm. Even though it kind of defeats the purpose of calling it quadrants. Um, and then I'm trying to think of what was the other major addition there are new buildings, too. I didn't mention that. That are only used in the advanced variant. And then I was saying how normally in the other version you share... or Sorry, you don't share workers. You each have your own set. Mm-hmm. And in the advanced, you share a pool of That's workers. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, but, yeah. And we also played with... Um, there's a little expansion for Quadropolis called Public Works, and it basically whenever you would get like a civic building, and civic building just means like a government building, you can replace it with one from the row that's out each round, and those are pretty neat, too. I think you made a funny comment. The maternity world ward just gives you a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they're cool thematic things like that. But I really like Quadropolis. It's a nice little game it's not too heavy it's fairly quick yeah there there's four rounds yeah is that right and well in the advanced game i think there's five okay yeah so but, but yeah that's quadropolis with the advanced variant and public works we also played santorini which if you think we've talked about on the podcast before it's a little bit of an abstract strategy game kind of like chess or checkers onitama like that what you're doing is you are moving around this four by four grid uh, with two workers and what you do on a turn is you move and then you build and you can build ground level second story third story so on and so forth the goal of the game is to get one of your workers to the top of a third story building you can also cap buildings with a dome so that workers can't get up on them so that's a way to block your opponents and what's also neat is it is it's themed around like greek gods and so you can play where 
each player has their own Greek god, which gives them some ability. So maybe you can move two spaces instead of one space. Or Michelle had a, you know, it was kind of a crazy one where if she didn't go up or down, she can move both her workers any number of spaces. So she could basically just kind of dart around the board and go wherever she wants, but she couldn't go up or down. Yeah, just as long as you stay on the same level, which that's that's only good for so long, and then you have to, like, break that. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I had one where you couldn't, my opponent could never move. I was Hades, so I was like the god of the underworld. So my opponent could never go down. So if Michelle went up, she could never come down again. Yeah, I was just stuck or forced to keep going up. Yeah. Which I really like Santorini. I feel like I feel like we don't play it as much anymore. I feel like when we I wanna say when we got into board games, but it was kinda early on in our board game career that we got Santorini and I feel like we played it a bunch and then kinda stopped. Yeah, I would agree with that. We used to play it when it was one of, you know, ten games that we had on our shelf. Yeah. And then that that changed. Yeah. So I guess it has more to compete with. And it's a really pretty game, too. Like, the the buildings are all, you know, nice. It looks like, you know, buildings you see in pictures of Santorini, if you just Google search Santorini. So it's really cool. And they, they recently had, like, a Kickstarter for... Like a deluxe version where where they redid um, the god cards, and they they also came out with like a cooperative version or a puzzle version, which looked interesting. But um, yeah, so I think that's what made me want to play it again was I saw it on Kickstarter. And I was like, you know, we never play this, you know. So wanna wanna test it out. We also played it on the plane. The iPad version. That's right. We played. We tried to get Easton into it too because he's he likes um, to play Onitama. We've played Onitama on my phone, like while waiting for you know our meal at a restaurant or something like that. And so we played Onitama on the plane with him, and that was fun because I mean he doesn't really get the strategy. He's just moving things around, and he likes building. So yeah, but but that was fun. Then we also played Isle of Cats. Yes, one of my, I would say this is one of my top ten. I always like Isle of Cats, especially with our Kittens and Beasts expansion uh, that adds basically smaller tiles. And if you don't know about Isle of Cats, it's a polyomino game where you are placing cats on a grid. Your grid is a boat trying to rescue them out of the water. Uh, so different sized cats cover up different parts of your grid. And you want to cover up as much as possible for the most part. Unless you have some sort of card or lesson that tells you otherwise. Which sometimes that happens. Uh, so yes, we like this expansion because of the beast element too. Which gives more direction in the cats that you go for. Because the you get the beasts early on, and they have like maybe like three out of the five colored cat families. Something like that. And so it kind of helps you 
narrow your focus instead of having to just go for all five colors it might be like oh well i have this beast that has yellow so i should go for or orange and purple and green so i should maybe focus on those three colors of cats instead of just no direction yeah kind of how i would describe it you also have to orient the cats to touch the beast mm-hmm. on the colored side that it's, it's it, that's indicated yeah which that I got a beast that he was just perfectly shaped to go in the front of my boat. And then after placing him, I realized that all I I just blocked off for all all the colors but one. Um so I only got to score one one beast friendship on my boat. But it was still a fun game. It's it's a good one. It makes me want to revisit Planet Unknown. I feel like we haven't played that one in a while. Mm, yeah. The Polyamos, you know. Yeah, yeah, No, I guess we played that at our last little board game get-together with Matt and Sarah. Yeah, that was forever ago. That was a while back. Yeah. Yeah, but I've also played a few games with Easton. You know, we play our Marvel United, and that's always fun. It's a little fun cooperative Marvel game. But I also broke out one that... I hadn't really done with him called Lion Guard Protect the Pride Lands. It's, I don't know if it's still on Target shelves or anything like that, but I think I got a copy off eBay because I, somebody had posted about it and it's a good kid's game and it has like a, you know, Pride Rock. It's, if you don't know, Lion Guard is, um, it's a kid's show that's a spinoff of The Lion King and, you know, our, Easton was, into that show for a little bit, so I got him this game. Probably too young, because, you know, he didn't really get it. It's really neat. It's, I would almost say it's a better Candyland, but it's cooperative. Because what you do is, you, every turn, you flip a card. It has a villain on it, which there are, I think, four types of villains. There's hyenas, snakes... Vultures. Maybe there's only three. There's three types of villains. Hyenas, snakes, and vultures. And so whatever you flip, that villain moves up the track. Then it depicts one of the the Lion Guard or two of the Lion Guard. And you choose which of the Lion Guard members you want to move that's depicted on the card. So am I going to move the Hippo? Or am I going to move the Cheetah? Or... The way you win the game is you get the lion up to the top of Pride Rock. So uh, and the way you lose the game is if any of the villains get to the bottom of Pride Rock. So they're they're creeping their way from the edge of the board to the middle. And so you're moving the hippo and the cheetah and the honey badger around to knock out the villains. So, but you only win if you get the lion to the top. So you have to balance that. Like, am I going to move the lion and not take out any villains or... You know, the villains are really closing in, but you're not going to win the game by just taking out villains, so. You also have to make sure you do what? You're not going to win by taking them out. You have to also get your worker up the rock. That's what I said. Okay. I was asking. I was, at, yeah, like, I was yeah. trying to, like, clarify that. Yeah. I haven't ever played this game for real. Like, I always try to, and then, like, Easton doesn't. It's He just starts playing with it, like. And I'm like, okay, we'll just play with the tiger and, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, he he did pretty good. We we played twice and we lost both times. You know, it was a tough game, I guess. But I like it because a couple times I you know we break out Candyland or something because it's Candyland. He wants to. He's like, I want to play Candyland. Candyland. You flip a card. You move to that color. They flip a card. There's no decision space. There's no anything. It's just flipping a card and moving to a color. Which I feel like he's a little past that, and you know, it's a lot cooler theme than Candyland, in my opinion, too. So, I agree. I like them both. Although we have the Disney Candyland, which makes it a little better. A little bit, a little bit better. We also played Istanbul, which we've talked about pretty recently. That's one where you're moving a stack of workers and dropping off a worker or picking up a worker to take the action on tiles. I really want to break out um, the coffee expansion with it next time. I almost did like I set it up and then just looking at it, I was looking at spots on the board and it was already a little later than we typically start games. And I was like, I I don't feel like teaching a new aspect. So we're just going to play the old, the old aspect, but I'm really liking Istanbul more than I thought I would. I don't dislike it. I think you like it a little more than I do. But it's still a fun game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just... I don't know. It's probably because I'm not good at it. You gotta just practice more, babe. Just more plays. I know. It's it's good. Like I said, it's a good game. I, you know, just not one of my... Top 10. Yeah. I also got in a solo game of Red Rising. I was just feeling Red Rising. I got the, I guess the playmat. The, there's nothing wrong with the board that comes with it, but the playmat was, I think, maybe $10 on Stonemeyer's website. And it's really, mats are a lot easier to get cards off of. And so I played that, and I think ah, it was such a close game. I lost by like three points or something, which those games the score goes up to like two three hundred sometimes so it's when it's that close you know it's then that was red rising and i've i also played a game on board game arena with matt i played teo teo Khan, which is we've talked about it before it's one of my favorite games i think it's one of your favorite games too and he'd never played it so it was Hopefully not a terrible experience for him because it wasn't like I was on the phone teaching him how to play it. I was just like in a text message, hey, this is, you know, you're going to move one of your dice to one of the locations. You can either collect Coco or, you know, do the main action. And Board Game Arena is not going to let you cheat. So it, it walks you through all that. But it's like if you don't know, you know, all the strategies and stuff in my, and all the nuance rules and it might be a little difficult to wrap your brain around on the digital version. But he said he would play it again, so he didn't completely hate it. But it was fun, you know. Throughout the day, you know, you get a little notification, takes your mind off the the work that you probably should be doing. All right, up next we have a special guest on the podcast. Harrison Brooks is going to tell us about his Upcoming game, 
fourth down. It's on Kickstarter currently, and it will be until June 10th, so go check it out if you can. All right, we are joined by Harrison Brooks. Harrison, what can you tell me or tell us about yourself? Yeah, so my name's Harrison, and I'm currently a college sophomore who just loves loved games. I've loved games my entire life and had some of my fondest childhood and like more recently, I've just been playing them with my friends and family. And I've loved games. Uh, they're, they're so portable, and I also like the fast pace and repeatable nature of them. And so I ended up making a game, which is called Elevator Up, which I came up for the concept back when I was uh, just 12. But then I started working on it when I was 16 and then eventually launched it when I was 17. And then that like the, the past three years. And now I'm launching a new game called Fourth Down, ball themed card game. And so I'm super excited to start, you know, working on that and spreading that. That's awesome. That sounds exciting. I, we're football fans here. Mm-hmm. Do you like NFL or college? Both. Now I've been more into college since coming to since starting college and I go to Northwestern and so sort of the worst in the big 10, but I've started getting more into college than I was before. I got you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Who's, who's your favorite NFL team? My favorite NFL team, I think are the giants. I'm from the New giants. York. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. But sometimes cool. I used to, when I was younger, I was obsessed with the, the Packers because I thought it was so fun, cheese heads, and I was uh, I I loved cheese, so I, I supported those back when I was younger. But then now I have to just stay loyal to my my hometown and be Giants fan. I got you. I got you. So you talked a little bit about you know kind of how you got into board games and card games. What's your what would you say your favorite board game or card game is? Recently, I've really enjoyed playing Code Names. Uh, that's like a, a good one because I really like the aspect of it uh, because it involves a lot of talking. I really find that it, it has great replayability with uh, like the friends, and it's always like interesting to see different groups and you really get to know the other players. And that's what I really enjoy about games is the community aspect and getting to know one. It. So I think it's really great for that. Um, I also really enjoyed uh, games uh, like Ticket to Ride is one of my favorites. And uh, then with card games, I'm, oh, I also love Rummy Cube a lot. And uh, with my uh, uh, card games, I think it's some of the, it's just some of the classics. I really like all the, which is what made me think about Rummy Cube that you can just play with a 52 card deck. And I, I love games with the 52 card deck because you only need one you can bring it anywhere and you have hundreds of games 
to to play. And I think there's just some just so wonderful about that of using the same mechanism to play so many different games and each one has their own unique feel. Oh yeah, it's really cool. I mean, growing up that's what we would just bring a deck of cards on road trips and we'd play speed, spoons, um I think King's Corner, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But poker of course too. Yeah. But but that's awesome. So what can you tell us about your upcoming game? So Fourth Down is a, a great portable game. It's uh, super fast-paced, easy to learn. It really, I like to say, it packs the excitement of football in a deck of cards because it has the same fast-paced nature of the game and the same uh, intensity that you can to you know when you're playing it you like so it works by players are racing to be the first one out of discarding cards from their hand onto the discard pile and it's has a little bit of a different feel than most card games because it in sort of three phases that each player moves through at their own pace and you set them all up at the beginning of the game to three cards in your hand, two cards face up on the table, and three cards face down on the table. And then when and you start with hand and then once you get rid of those you play with the cards face up on the table, but the twist is everyone can see what you're now playing with. Real strategy element because you can see the two cards that the next person has to play. But then for the final round the least amount of strategy because they're face down on the table. So when it's your turn, you don't really have a choice. You just flip one over and you don't know what it is. And then it's a real mystery. And then you have to sort of work with whatever you're dealt and still be able to win. But that's sort of like a, that's a built-in equalizer because you can be uh, flying through the first few phases and then you get to your face down cards and that really sets you back and it can really throw some, some real twists and turns. Okay, no, that sounds really, that sounds really cool. I was almost, I was thinking like, what, is there like a, an ideal player count that you kind of had or have in mind that would kind of be like the perfect number to play with? Yeah, so I recommend it for people, uh, two to five players. And it really is fun with that full range. And you can also, if you play with two decks, you can go up to, to even more players. I would say the sweet spot is uh, is really two to four or, uh, yeah, two to four, maybe th- three. It depends. Um, each game has a different feel. Two players especially has a different feel, but I, I, I like it because it has a different level of strategy because there are lots of elements of the game where you – push it, push different things to the next player or where the following player. But when you're playing with two players, then you're the player after who just skips. So that's another thing you have to think about and uh, strategize with and use to your advantage. So I think that's a, a really fun aspect. But it's also really fun with um, up to moves much faster when you play with more people uh, than when you play with fewer. 
Oh, wow. That's kind of unique because I, I know sometimes a lot of games, like the more people you add, it, it, it drags it out. So that's cool that it, you, you're saying it's kind of like a speed up aspect that could occur. Yeah. It kind of seems like it, it's counterintuitive because I think it's like a lot of it takes play and so on. But it's because of just the first phase is the longest where you're still working through all the cards in the deck. But when uh, when you have to deal in so many players, that means that there's not as many cards left in the deck to work through in that first, which takes the longest normally. Okay, no, I'm I'm kind of starting to like visualize it a little bit better, see how how it plays out. So, I guess I mean it's about football, so this might be kind of a duh question, but. How were you inspired by, you know, this idea and this game and just what really wanted to make you go all in with this, with fourth, with fourth down? Yeah. So when I was, uh, because it started with Elevator Up and Elevator Up, I picked as a theme more mm. of, uh, it started with, I had already developed the mechanics and then I felt like I needed a theme. Uh, to pair with those mechanics and because I grew up in New York City uh, elevators were part of my daily commute and they fit well with the mechanics because it requires sort of a a going up aspect and then later I you know decided I wanted to make more games but it was less of a trying to find a theme I think with with fourth down it was more of I realized this could this could work with football um, and it could, you know, really pair the excitement of the games with an exciting theme. And I also, for me personally, you know, I'm not a, I'm not gifted on the football field. Like I, I'm not that athletically talented. So I think what I really love about it and I'm really excited about it is it's, as much fun for players who, you know, love to, uh, who are great at football and love to play it, as well as the ones who love to spectate it, and even for people who don't really like football. And so it's a great unifier that I've really enjoyed of being able to, you know, enjoy football and celebrate, uh, celebrate it and even compete with it while, you know, not still having to, you know, run and tackle someone or, you know, throw a ball 50 yards or anything like that. Awesome. Awesome. When are you using Kickstarter to launch it? Yes. So I'm launching it on Kickstarter on uh, May 10th. And I'm super excited about that. It's my first Kickstarter with uh, Elevator Up. When I launched it, I knew nothing about games or launching or business really and I sort of just went in blind and uh, I learned a lot through that and it was a great experience but now having that I decided you know I'm going to try my first Kickstarter see how that goes and compare the two processes and then we'll see what what's next it's awesome awesome so May 10th fourth down yeah Awesome, awesome. Before we 
let you go. Um, what do you like to do outside of games? Yeah, so outside of games, I really love to like sculpt and do woodworking. And I just, I think it's so, like, it, it really is relaxing for me just to get to make stuff and build stuff and just you know, see what I can do. Um, spend time out, outside also, go on walks and hikes and uh, you know, spend time in nature is fun. I also do like to watch football. Um, I would say I like to ride elevators, but I, I no, if that's fully the case, but um, yeah, that's, that's sort of what I like. That's awesome. So you mentioned sculpting and woodworking. What what types of things do you make? Really, lots of different things. Sometimes uh, I went through a, a big phase of found object sculpture, which is sort of where I just rummage the trash. And uh, my grandmother lives up in Vermont, and I spent a lot of my childhood up there. Also, for uh, like we'd go, spend summers up there with her, and uh, we'd just go the dump and rummage through the metal scrap piles, and I'd see what I could get my hands on without getting tetanus. And then I'd just, uh, screw it all together and see what kind of weird form it could take. And then some of the other stuff I like to do, which I've been doing more, is more of like the functional side, so building different boxes or um, uh, different, uh, use a lathe and make different candle, uh, candlestick holders and different things like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so creative and like functional at the same time. And that's really cool. Well, thank you, Harrison, for joining us. We had a great Thank time you learning for about. Having me. You're welcome. We had a great time learning about the game, and we can't wait to see it launch on Kickstarter. We are happy to conclude another episode of A Couple Games. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify wherever you listen to podcasts and if you like what you're hearing then you can make sure to follow us on instagram at a couple games mz um, or email us if you have any questions comments ideas um, at a couple games 2014 at gmail.com and with that we're going to bring this episode to a close please go check out fourth down on kickstarter it's running until june 10th until next time i'm zach I'm Michelle. And this has been A Couple Games.